Ladies and gentlemen, fourth and trollers, welcome back to the most entertaining fantasy football podcast on the planet. That's right, baby. It is fourth and troll fantasy. My name is Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And uh, we have an awesome show for you guys today. We've got some more news to break down post week seven of the NFL season. Gee whiz. So much of it going on right now. Of course, the NFL trade deadline is coming up next Monday, November 1st. So it could be plenty of moves being made here before we hit that deadline. Before we jump into our episode, though, Wes, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing all right. Uh, as as we mentioned last time, Noah and I face each other in fantasy, and we both put up some pretty good scores. Noah came out victorious uh really for for one reason and, and i can't wait to talk about him later but oh yeah uh kenneth walker the third oh man <laughs> played well and well we'll just get to him later but yeah, there was know. video footage of my living room <laughs> oh boy my i will goodness. say i i made one i'd have one if i'd started joe burrow instead of tua but yeah. i started tua as a strategic decision because noah had Jalen waddle and i had tyreek hill and so i thought well let me capitalize and try to eliminate as many points as possible for noah right in the end we'll talk about joe burrow in a minute too my goodness noah wow. how are you championship tuesday for noah <laughs> i'm good man i'm feeling good Squad started out a little rough this season. I was 0-3. I am now on my way to a 3-4 and four st- uh, start after the first seven weeks. So, won three out of my last four. Feels good. Excited. Feel like the squad's in a good place. Hoping Sam Ellinger uh, just hands the ball off a million times to Jonathan Taylor. We can get back to our good spot here. But I am doing well. It's a fun week seven. Uh, but first things first... Before we even actually second things first, where 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 we're at in this episode, Wes? I feel like we've already been going for so long. I don't even um, know. Do we have a new five star review? I I have a new five star review. Yeah, let's hear it's it. From it's from user Luber Up. What a great name. Okay. Uh, Luber Up said these guys are a great listen. They actually know the ins and outs of fantasy football. Looking forward to the next episode. Well, here it is. Here it, it is, Luber up. Oh, thank you so much. It's very awesome. I'm glad that, again, I think this is a trend. People really like that we give a little bit more than just the usual, this guy's good at football. This guy's not good at football. So appreciate that we get recognized for the hard work, and we're glad to hear that it's paying off for you. And listen, if you've got a five-star review that you want to write, uh, if you leave something funny or tell us how it helped you during your week, let us know. We'll give you a shout-out on our Tuesday show. Really appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for all the support and all the reviews. It's awesome. Yeah, it's been it's been super awesome. Big shout out to you, user Luber up. You gonna give a couple other shout outs here? Yes. To the fourth and to the fourth and troll fantasy family here. Uh, want to give a big shout out to our graphic designer Brandon. He is always killing it with those graphics that you guys see posted on Instagram. Our waiver wire ads, our studs and duds, the episode title drops. If you're a listener on YouTube, Brandon's blessing your eyes there because that's what you're seeing as you're listening. So we want to give a big shout out to Brandon, always on his toes, always killing it. Last minute changes for the titles when we got big news that we're breaking, like in this episode today. Big shout out to Brandon and big shout out to our editor, Luke. Luke just got married 
he and his wife, Ashley, very happy. I've heard it was a beautiful wedding. Uh, Luke, however, did not have a beautiful time editing our, uh, <laughs> our video last week. He is a massive Carolina Panthers fan. And uh, shout out to Luke for still making that Christian McCaffrey trade of the 49ers edit for us and, and that Instagram reel. I'll, um, I'll tell you what, though. He's, ha- he's happy. Victory Monday for the Panthers. Whoa. Big victory what Monday a, for the Panthers. My goodness. But, but yeah, I just want to shout out part of the fourth and troll fantasy family. Shout out to you, Brandon. Shout out to you, Luke. We love you guys so much and we're so grateful. Thank so you. We appreciate you guys. Oh, as I teased a little bit here, we've got a heck of a show for you today with some big news from Monday. Before that, though, we're going to go over Hyped Up and Let Down for week seven, a little bit of Fluker for real, and then we're going to talk about some of these interesting running back committees that we've got to figure out who we are choosing in a little segment called Choose Your Fighter. Choose Your Fighter. Choose Your Fighter. Nice. Nice. Uh, We're going to close it out, as always, with the thrilling Thursday night football preview. What a fun time. (laughs) Let's jump into the news, though, Wes. What's going on? What do people need to know as they are gearing up for week eight? What you need to know is you're going to be without Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, Austin Eckler, and Justin Herbert for bye weeks. Chargers and Chiefs are on a bye. Make sure you've got someone to fill in for your team, especially for the quarterback quarterback position. Those are two some of the top dogs right now. Uh, As far as injuries, we got a couple here. J.K. Dobbins for the Ravens is going to be out for four to six weeks with an arthroscopic knee surgery, which meant that Gus Edwards filled in and did pretty well with two touchdowns. So he'll be the starter going forward. Kenyon Drake did nothing in green Bay. Randall Cobb was placed on IR on Saturday while Sammy Watkins came off of IR and played a little bit on Sunday. So with the rotating receiving core, we also heard that Alan Lazar suffered a shoulder injury and uh, Matt LaFleur commented on that same Alan Lazar suffered a shoulder injury. Thank you, LaFleur. Thank you. That's a very insightful. I appreciate the, the, the update on that. She was anyway. All right. So in Cleveland, David and Joe, David and Joko suffered a sprained ankle against the Ravens. It was seen in a walking boot. He told reporters that it isn't that serious, but there will be further tests to know the full extent. We have going to be about two to five weeks for, uh, for his return. Not sure if there's anything in particular, um, for when we'll hear the specifics on that, but uh, we'll talk about the Carolina Panthers, Carolina Panthers backfield coming up in a little bit in our choose your fighter segment. But what we do know is that Chuba Hubbard tweaked his ankle in the fourth quarter. Steve Wilkes says that he's fine. The interim head coach, Steve Wilkes said he's fine, but he'll need to see what Wednesday's practice looks like for Sunday's status. So be on the lookout if you've rostered Chuba Hubbard or if you've got Dante Foreman and want to see if he's got an uncontested backfield. Uh, Also in Carolina, check this out. Steve Wilkes said that it will be hard, quote, he said it would be hard to take P.J. Walker out of the starting role based on what he did to the Buccaneers. And in fact, P.J. Walker will start in Carolina regardless of either Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold's status. That is some big news. Can I tell you how happy that makes me? I, I know. Finally. Once Christian McCaffrey leaves, they just oh, decided man. to make the QB change. I just, just, love that, uh, I just love that Baker Mayfield is getting benched for a guy who was in the <laughs> XFL two years ago. Like, this is fantastic. 
This is fantastic. And honestly, he's probably not wrong. He probably gives the Panthers the best chance to win. I think so. I mean, with shipping CMC out, might as well figure out, you know, how good your XFL guy is. Uh, Speaking of quarterbacks in Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill exited Sunday briefly, but finished the game with an ankle injury. It doesn't feel great, but that kind of comes with the territory is what Tannehill was quoted after Sunday's contest. He said afterwards, I'm going to do everything I can to get this week or everything I can this week to get back out there. Otherwise, Malik Willis will take over. We'll see if that'll pan out if he ends up starting right now. It looks like it's still going to be Ryan Tannehill. DK Metcalf left early in the second quarter with a knee injury and was very quickly ruled out after being carted off. The x-ray came back negative. The results said it is a patellar tendon. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Patellar tendon injury, which means that Metcalf intends to practice this week, but his status for Sunday still remains questionable. We'll see if there's any more updates as the week goes on. Listen to our Friday show if we have anything new. Speaking of wide receivers, ugh, Mike Williams left after a gruesome angle injury that resulted in a high ankle sprain. As stated earlier, the Chargers are heading into a bye week, so he may not miss too many games. However, Brandon Saylor's already said it's week to week. So, look, Noah and I were joking, saying, like, if they said Keenan yeah. Allen was day to day and it took until week seven for him to come back, week to week means, I don't know, 2027, 2028. Yeah. You take your yeah. best guess. Keenan Allen uh, was day to day for two months. So, we're going to see Mike Williams <laughs> in a couple of years. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Be prepared to not have him the rest of the season. I'm not kidding. That's what I'm preparing for right now. You are a Mike Williams owner. You've been very, very uh, high on him for your season. So hopefully that's yeah. not the case, but it is, it is, uh, it's going to be tough for, for Mark Williams owners. Moving over to the AFC South, you probably heard the news. The Colts will turn to Sam Ellinger next week as Matt Ryan suffered a grade two shoulder sprain. However, When Matt Ryan heals, it doesn't matter. Sam Ellinger will continue to be the starter for the remainder of the season in Indianapolis. And I even read that Nick Foles is the the second string. So it's not the competition. Matt Ryan is done. And it may even be for his career or the top 10 most passing yards in NFL history. But they're moving on. They're moving on from Matt Ryan. Amon Ross St. Brown has cleared concussion protocol for all you Lions fans that have been waiting for him to come back. He should be able to suit up this week. Rams wide receiver Van Jefferson returned to practice this week, adding a little bit more of a deep threat to the potential receiving game, maybe op- uh, opening up some more opportunities for Cooper Cup. Al Robinson, Cliff Kingsbury said that, quote, it'll be close for James Conner, whether or not he plays. Debo Samuel had a setback uh, in the game on Sunday against the Chiefs with a little bit of a hamstring issue. Kyle Shanahan deemed it day to day. It doesn't seem to be serious, but it's definitely worth monitoring. And, uh, you know, for the hell of it, Broncos are offering or receiving offers for Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. Sure. Why not? You can't score more than 16 points. Get rid of one of your best players. Maybe two of them. Who knows? Whatever. Anyway, reportedly, Jerry Judy is uh, unhappy in Denver. Shocker. And with the way the season has gone, I don't know, maybe Nathaniel Hackett will try to invest in Broncos future. Maybe Nathaniel Hackett doesn't even have a future in Denver. I don't know. Just hold on to Jerry Judy. That's all that this could mean. It's not really a rumor. It is confirmed. People are trying to seek trades. And speaking of trades, let's get to the meat and bones of what this episode title is all about. James Robinson 
on Monday night, just before the game between the Bears and the Patriots was traded to the New York Jets. Now, we know that Brees Hall is confirmed to have a season-ending injury with the torn ACL, which means that the New York backfield right now will be split between James Robinson and Michael Carter. It remains right now to be certain who will be the primary back moving forward. Noah, let us talk about it. You traded for James Robinson and have now traded away James Robinson. What does this look like for his future, Michael Carter, and especially Travis Etienne in the Jacksonville Jaguars backfield? Yeah, I'll start right away with that. Travis Etienne, Travis Etienne is an RB1 going forward. It's There's no question about it. 114 yards on the ground and a touchdown on 14 carries on Sunday. He also had five targets, which matched his season high. James, we may as well, James Robinson may as well have been traded before this past Sunday. James Robinson did not touch the ball on Sunday. It had one target, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he had one target, one opportunity. That was it. I think Divine Ozigbo or whatever his, or whoever the third stringer is, had. Maybe Jamichael Hasty, whoever the whoever the third stringer is there, got more touches than James Robinson did. He has been left for dead in that offense. And so they obviously just moved on there. I, I feel for the guy. He gave his all in his rookie season, undrafted free agent rookie. It was awesome. Sadly, Urban, the Urban Meyer camp drafted a guy who was a little bit more talented than him. And now he's going to get those opportunities, which I'm thrilled for. Because I had Etienne as a top 12 running back coming into this season. And then we were a little bit worried there. But Travis Etienne's an RB1 going forward. It's it's pretty ridiculous. I, I think from this point on, I think he's inside the top 20 already. He's going to finish top 12 with that full workload behind him. No doubt about it. Uh, I mean, I, that's just my, Wes, what do you think? I am grateful to have continued to held on to Travis Etienne. He was obviously... Yeah. He was obviously way too good to uh, just let go and to drop for maybe another potential RB1 for a fill-in. And it's just tricky to try to figure out. But as we've been saying, the backfield started to trend more into ETN's direction. So I'm glad to see that we were right. A bit of a shock, I will say. However, after a goose egg, I totally understand James Robinson being shipped somewhere else. It was kind of a, a cheap deal for the Jets. They got a conditional six. Jets, Jets got a great running back for a, for a really cheap price. So I'm sure they are very happy with their situation. He, Robinson is an undrafted free agent. Like it's, he's not on a big deal. He's not anything like that. Great. Uh, it's, it's a great opportunity for Robinson as well. Like Robinson owners. I know you felt probably screwed on Sunday. And I, I hope you didn't make a rash decision really quick and just make a trade and let it be accepted to go through. Cause he's listen, James Robinson is going to start and he's going to be good on the jets. I'm not too worried about Michael Carter eating into his workload. Maybe he does a little bit, but James Robinson has to be good if they want to win football games, because we know that that offense isn't led by a quarterback. So I see James Robinson as like yeah. a solid <laughs> RB two going forward. Yeah, I, I really see James Robinson being being quite good in fantasy football this year. Good for the Jets. Maybe Michael Carter gets a little has a little more upside because of the receiving work he'll probably get. James Robinson isn't really known for his receiving work, but James Robinson, it listen, I think this is a win-win in fantasy football far more than it is in the NFL. A little bit of opposite of the McCaffrey trade. 
garbage trade, I feel was pretty big for the NFL. Not so much fantasy because McCaffrey, his upside was already so high. You know, maybe it goes up a little bit, maybe even, you know, whatever it may be. I'm not sure what's going to happen in that Niners offense. But with this trade here, ETN owners are happy in fantasy. Robinson owners are happy in fantasy. I think Jaguars fans are happy. I think Jets fans are happy. You know, I think everybody, it's a really big win-win here, especially the Jets being able to get James Robinson for so cheap. Uh, I, I'm excited to see how this plays out. I, I was interested because the Jaguars play in London this week. <laughs> Do you think James Robinson knew? Like, I don't know when they were flying, but I'm pretty sure those teams like fly to London on the Monday just to get like themselves like accumulated to like the time zone. That's and, a like, funny that sort thought. of stuff. So I, I, I literally, I saw this trade break and I was like, I wonder if anyone, like I looked on Twitter and I was like, Jaguars playing London landing. Like, I was like, just looking to see if anyone thought about it. I just was like, man, I wonder if he like was on, I wonder if he's on the plane to London. Like I'm, I wonder if he's in London because I think they already are on their way there or are there. So like, I would hope that hey, they James, had like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, given I'm like, some kind of notice. Yeah, that's a funny like, thought. Hey, man, stay back on this one. We're trying to make a deal. Like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. Maybe we'll hear later yeah. in the week. But I thought it was something I thought of. I thought it was pretty funny. But I'm excited about this trade on all fronts. I, I am an ETN owner in one of my leagues, and I'm excited. I, I think it's going to be huge for ETN. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, and with the backfield between Michael Carter and James Robinson, Michael Carter had a pretty decent rookie year last season, yeah. but it wasn't mind-boggling stats. And this was something that you and I talked about, Noah, during the preseason, just hanging out, and then we're like, hey, make a podcast together, which was that Michael <laughs> Carter did well, but they still decided to take Brees Hall. And that said a lot about Brees Hall, but also says a lot about Michael Carter. Yeah. And just looking at his stats here in front of me, he didn't in full PPR. He never eclipsed 20 points except for once. So he does have some, you know, PPR value, but James Robinson could very easily be a valuable running back in this Jets team. And I don't see. And also uh, Michael Carter only got over 80 yards once last season as the only running back. So I actually do think, just as you're saying, I actually think James Robinson could be a valuable fantasy back for this oh, yeah. Jets backfield. Yeah. No, yeah. Agree 100%. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm there, and I really do think he's going to be in the – yeah, I think he'll be a solid RB2 for a guy who was going in, like, 10th round or later in fantasy drafts this year. I think he's going to be a really solid RB2. Obviously, listen – I say, you know, we called ETN. I called ETN as a top 12 back. I never foresaw a trade like this happening. I had conceded defeat on Travis ETN's season a couple weeks ago when Doug Peterson said we need to get this guy the ball more. I thought, you know, maybe we'll get him more involved, but I bet they'll still use Robinson. They still use him a lot in the first few weeks. You know, didn't foresee this happening. I'm not taking a victory lap by any means or anything like that because I did not, I was not the one who was like, Oh yeah, I told you. No, I was literally like, well, give it up guys. ETN sucks this year. Like it's not going to work <laughs> out. So listen, yeah. I'm thrilled that it's working out this way and that he's going to get a work, work like a full on workhorse back workload. Love it. Excited for it. Also excited for James Robinson, excited for everybody in this trade. I think, it, I think it helps out a lot of people. 
NFL teams and fantasy managers combined. I'm excited for it. Amen. Well, Amen. let's jump into week seven, Wes, because it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Let's go into hyped up and let down. First of all, hyped up. Um, let me know if you guys have heard this recently, but Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase were back. <laughs> oh, man. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Again, Joe Burrow, second week in a row, highest point scorer in fantasy football. 39.24 fantasy points, 481 passing yards and three touchdowns, three rushes, 20 yards, a rushing touchdown, four total touchdowns. Listen, I don't often agree with Colin Coward, but I heard him say something today, and I think it's interesting. He was talking about the quarterback tiers, and he said pretty much tier one is Mahomes and Allen. That's pretty much it. He said, I think Joe Burrow can go into tier one now. And I'm going to tell you why. I was shocked at first. We all saw Joe Burrow in week one play really, really, really not good and still be fine in fantasy, but he had five turnovers in week one. Colin Coward pointed out Joe Burrow had a major surgery in the offseason. He had appendicitis. He got his appendix removed. He didn't play any preseason. He didn't have any game action just in practice. That was his first game action in week one against the Steelers. So getting TJ Watt, you know, sprinting at you to tackle you and stop you and stuff like that. First game action of the year. Not ideal. If we look at week one and take it away, Joe Burrow has 16 touchdowns and one giveaway since then. Jeez. It's unbelievable. And oh he's, my going insane. he's going insane. He's going insane. I don't know if he's wearing that game-worn LSU Jamar Chase jersey to bed at night, but it's ridiculous. And <laughs> he is just – him and Jamar are putting on a show. You know, I we saw the Jamar Chase boom last week. I thought, you know, okay – We'll get a couple more down weeks and then we'll come back and we'll get a couple more of those. Nope. No, we did not. (laughs) They're back. They're back. Joking that I'm laughing so much. Uh, Jamar chase 33 fantasy points. My goodness. If you have the Joe Burrow, Jamar chase stack, you're just looking at 72 fantasy points from, from two guys. Like my goodness. I, I had to go up against in that, in that league I was talking about, uh, in our last episode, Wes, where you get some bonus points, stuff like that. I had to go up against Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow in that league with those bonuses and the points per completion, all that sort of stuff. Joe Burrow put up 70 points on me this week <laughs> in fantasy. <laughs> I was like, well, my week's over before it started. That was fun. <clears throat> um, no, this duo is awesome. Joe Burrow is awesome. Jamar Chase is awesome. Joe Burrow, I believe, is a QB3 in fantasy right now. And with, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at the end of next week if he is two or one. Obviously, Mahomes going to be on a bye. So that's why I say that, you know, he'll probably surpass him there. But um, yeah, that Bengals duo was awesome. And another person who hyped us up this week, the trio, T. Higgins. No, sorry, T. Higgins owners. That was a bummer. I am one myself. But Tyler <laughs> Boyd, nine targets, eight catches, 155 yards, and a touchdown, 29.5 fantasy points. We're going to talk about him in Fluka for real, West, but just awesome to see Tyler Boyd do so well. Tyler yeah. Boyd, once upon a time, before Jamar Chase was drafted, before T. Higgins was drafted, Tyler Boyd was a really solid player in the NFL, really solid fantasy oh, player. Oh, yeah. Him Still and a really Green. solid player. Yeah. 
still is a really solid player in the NFL. I remember Tyler Boyd three years ago in fantasy was like a, a really solid guy for me on my team. Really love Tyler Boyd. Happy to see him do well on Sunday. That Bengals offense is awesome. So freaking good. We talked about it in the preseason, Wes, about who do we want the most fantasy players on a team from? Like who has got the best fantasy squad for an yeah. NFL team? We joked and said, we should just draft an entire team of Cincinnati Bengals and we'll probably do well. Well, yeah. Probably. From those, if you did that, from those three guys, you would have had over 100 points this week. So, and then add on Joe Mixon, add on McPherson, add on, you know, whoever. But, man, Bengals, really fun to watch. The Bengals, Bengals are showing, yeah, why they are the AFC champions. They, yeah. are, they are in full stride. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Somebody who uh, – who did really well again is excited to see it do well again, but I don't even, it's sad to talk about, but it's, it's, you know, it's Aaron Jones. Yay. Yeah. Aaron Jones did Yay. good. 28.6 fantasy points. There Yay. you go. The Packers suck. <laughs> the, Packers, <laughs> the Packers are so bad. I This stat I, is so wild. I mean, just to explain to Noah why he had 28 points, because oh, it's nothing yeah. to do with the running back. You know, running back Aaron Jones had to carve up the ground. Oh, no, he had eight carries for just 23 yards. Stupid. But I guess Aaron Rodgers was like, you know what? No one else is catching the football. So... 10 targets for Aaron Jones on Sunday, nine catches, 53 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. I mean, good yeah. for Aaron Jones owners. I'm glad. I'm, I'm sure you're happy to see that. I'm not going to say you have to do this, but it might be time to sell high. Yeah. That's a can. good thought. Because, good thought. Because I don't know what this Packers offense is going to look like for the rest of the year, but great to see Aaron Jones do well. Another guy who is just blowing our freaking minds right now is Josh Jacobs. Oh, my good gravy. We all owe him an apology. This was ridiculous. We were all second guessing him when he was playing in the Hall of Fame game. We were like, why is he getting this run in the Hall of Fame game? Oh, my gosh. Amir White, Amir Abdullah. These guys are going to out touch him in the regular season. Josh Jacobs, his third straight week. 30 plus fantasy points. He is the take a bow, Josh Jacobs. He, he, he and I, oh man, I wish I remember the exact stat. I, I read about it this Monday. Um, he, I believe he's the first player in NFL history. I believe that is, it is with over 140 rushing yards and 30 plus fantasy points in three straight weeks. He, Wow. Is absolutely killing it. Listen, 20 carries for 143 yards and three touchdowns. I watched that game. He didn't have like a massive 80 yard run. No, he's just running that well. I know we talked about it last week, but he is running the football. I think better than anyone in the league. Better than say, I, I'll say bold take, but I don't think I you're mean, off. It's it's it, he he's at least up there with like Nick Chubb, Saquon. Derrick Henry, like he is so efficient running the football. It's ridiculous. Then he finds the end zone three times. Finds the end zone three times. He's involved in the passing game, maybe minimally, but still he's getting you another four points, 4.2 points in your fantasy week for uh, through the passing game. Josh Jacobs is incredible. He is incredible this week. I literally have a thought go through my mind. Should I trade Jonathan Taylor for Josh Jacobs this week? Because 
Is that an insane thought? I don't think so. Nope. Like, I, I know the upside for Jonathan Taylor is massive, but like, no, nope. this offense doesn't feel like it, kn- it knows what it's doing. So, who knows? Maybe we'll take a shot there because Josh Jacobs is absolutely killing it. It is it's a justifiable trade, it's honestly, insane. at this point. Yeah, it's insane. Another guy who's insane, Wes. We teased it a little bit. Mm. Oh my, oh my, oh my. <laughs> Kenneth Walker the third. 28.8 fantasy points, 23 carries, 168 yards, two touchdowns. I believe it was 76 or 79 of those yards came on one very long run at the uh, in the fourth quarter of that football game against the Chargers. I wrote a little, I wrote a few things down here about KW3 West. Let me let me add one point and then I'll give you the say four because he, he's it. your fantasy crush. Yeah, I cannot wait. Till next season to draft him. Oh, it's, I'm so excited. I'm I cannot so excited. wait. He will be, he could be. He's going to go in the top two rounds. I feel. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Tell, tell us about your, your new love, Noah. Yeah. What's yeah, he like? Okay. So here's, okay. So here's the thing that I will say, and, and Wes can back me up on this. And I feel like a fool that I didn't do this. Back a few weeks ago, when we were doing our deep cuts, we were doing our deep cuts and we were texting about who our deep cuts were going to be. And I said to you, Kenneth Walker, the third is going to be my deep cut. I texted you that. And then I second guessed myself because the practice reports were a little off and Rashad Penny, he was back from a practice injury and Kenneth Walker was dealing with a practice injury. So I psyched myself out and I was like, you know what? Rashad white. I feel like Rashad white's a better option here. My goodness, I wish I stuck to my guns on that because would have been a, what just would have been a sick call to have called oh, yeah. out, you know, hey, he's available, go get him because this could happen. Like this could this could happen for you. But anyways, here are my notes, Wes. Here you go. A few things on Kenneth Walker the third, KW three, K dub, whatever you want to call him. I call him my hero. That's oh, what I call him. That's so poetic. Kenneth Walker III, thank you. Kenneth Walker III has just two starts this season, right? Rashad Penny went down. Kenneth Walker III has two starts this season. He is currently ahead in rushing yards, ahead of Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara, and Leonard Fournette. He has more rushing yards than all five of those guys do. He's a top got to be kidding me. Nope. He's a top 20 rusher this season. I believe, I believe Khalil Herbert was very close to him and Khalil Herbert got some run on Monday night. So I, I didn't double check for sure. I think he is, but if I, if I'm doing it just off the top of my head, Kenneth Walker, the third is 17th in rushing yards this season ahead of you guys. Like I just said, ahead of Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara, and Leonard Fournette, more rushing yards than all those guys. He's had two starts this season. He has started two games. Oh my gosh. I pulled it up. That is, is insane. He is tied. Ready? He's tied for fourth in rushing touchdowns. He's tied for third in 20 plus yard rushes. He is tied for first in 40 plus yard rushes. He has the third longest rush this entire season. Oh, and by the way, on Sunday, he ran faster than anybody else has the entire season so far. <sighs> Kenneth Walker III 
is a damn unicorn. I don't know how else to say it. The dude is <laughs> unbelievable. And it's awesome. Guys, he's getting the touches. Like, Pete Carroll's like, yes, you're the man. Like, you are the guy. Don't need to worry about DJ Dallas. DJ Dallas got like six carries. Didn't matter. Kenneth Orgel III had 23, I believe. 23 carries, 168 yards, two touchdowns, 28.8 fantasy points. That his long touchdown won me the week in fantasy football. If I had, if he had not had that long touchdown, my week would not have ended in a victory. Oh man, you said it, Wes. Kenneth Walker the third is my man crush. Is my fantasy crush. He is unbelievable. Wow, this is insane. And yeah, I I really love those stats because it is like wow. You started two games and you're that good. Like you're I'm staring at it good. in denial. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yep. Fourth in rushing touchdowns, tied for third in 20 plus yard rushes, tied for first in 40 plus yard rushes, third longest run this season, faster than anybody has run this entire season. <sighs> Ahead of all those guys, Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara, and Leonard Fournette. Ahead of all of them in rushing yards, when you started two games. Dude is unbelievable. That's that's cheating. It's unbelievable. It's it, I love There's it. There's a so cheater much. in Seattle. I know it's fantastic. There also might be a cheater in LA because Austin Eckler is just out <laughs> here killing it. We were all worried after a few weeks. And Austin Eckler's like, oh, by the way, yeah, I'm just gonna go for 30 plus each of the last three weeks, by the way. And yeah. it didn't even feel like because I'm watching this game as well, because I'm you know, and excited about Kenneth Walker the third. It didn't even feel like Austin Eckler was out here like having a massive week. It wasn't until I was watching Sunday night football that I was like, oh my gosh, Austin Eckler had nearly 37 points again. Like, yeah. how did this happen? I'll tell you what happened. He had 12 catches. He's on pace for like 150 catches this season, which is like by far, by a mile more than any other running back in history. He, and listen, I get it. Like, it's like this, this Chargers line isn't as good as it was. You know, they're dealing with injuries in the wide receiver room. So it's like, hey, where do we go? Yeah, let's just give it to old reliable because my goodness. And I emphasize the old on that because I, I hope you guys are enjoying this season because Wes pointed it out earlier this the beginning of the year. I think we might be squeezing the last amount of juice we have at Austin Eckler here, but could be. But another awesome week for Austin Eckler. And you know what? It's good on you guys for sticking with him because I was getting worried. I thought he was going to be, like I said, I was on record saying, I think he's going to get closer to this 15-point mark every week than he is going to be this 25-point mark. And now he's closer to the 35-point mark every week. So yep. we just had to call him out. That's how yeah, it works exactly. here. That's how control. The control, yeah, that's how fourth control fantasy works. We call people out, and then they do well. So, <laughs> so that's how that goes. Well, someone we didn't call out, though, but still did well. Excited to see him show up on the radar, finally. George Kittle. We've been waiting for it. Oh, hopefully relief. maybe it just took another fantastic white man on that team to, <laughs> you know, spring open George Kittle. Who knows? Maybe it's the Christian Caffrey magic, but who knows? Oh my um, goodness. George Kittle, 21.8 fantasy points. I believe that was tight end one on the week. I could be wrong. Maybe Jawan Johnson from Thursday night football. Had a, like maybe 0.2 more than him if he was at 22 points. I think Juwan had 20. Okay, so may, I think Kittle was, was tight end one on the week. Um, but it's just great to see. On National Tight End Day, love to see it. George Kittle, yeah. awesome guy. Especially, you know, they got 
beat pretty soundly by the Chiefs, but happy to see him doing well in fantasy football. I know people were waiting on that, especially with the injury to start the season. Not too many players really let us down this week, though, Wes. Most of our top guys had decent outings if they didn't really hit projection. Just kind of two guys that kind of let us down here. Mark Andrews did not get the memo about National Tight End Day. No. I saw somebody say, I think Mark Andrews thought he got the day off for National Tight End Day. It was (laughs) a national holiday. Yeah. I think he thought he got the day off. I saw Mark Andrews under center pitching the ball to Lamar Jackson on one play. I was like, what are we doing here? Like, what's going on? Yeah, Um, very weird. Yeah, 0.4 fantasy points. I, you know, sorry, Mark Andrews owners. I don't think you need to be worried about this. I mean, he's been not performing as well as he should be, as he should be this season. Lamar hasn't either. I don't know what's going on really with this offense. They still keep getting wins. So it's like, maybe not, maybe, you know, not sure what's going on there. Gus Edwards got me excited on that offense. So uh, I'm excited yeah. about Gus Edwards, but Mark Andrews, still lineup lock. You still lock him in. Sorry. <laughs> Great for me. I played against him in one, in one league. That was awesome. Very happy nice. about that for myself. Very happy for you. <laughs> Point four is like a hilariously bad stat. I mean, I can imagine if it were like three points, it's like, oh, it's so frustrating. But point four is comical. Yeah. Just crazy from a guy who was going like the third round this year. Um, and then another guy, Debo Samuel. I don't know if this is a taste of what's to come with this new offense with Christian McCaffrey. I'm not, I don't think it is, but Brandon Ayuk, we talked about him. He's kind of emerging as the better, like we said, the pure wide receiver yeah. on this team. Yeah. He's looking good. Brandon he is, is looking, looking good. good. I, yeah. I I know that. So uh, Christian McCaffrey didn't really do a ton in Mm-mm. this game. He still ended up, if you did start him out of obligation, you still got okay points, certainly not Christian McCaffrey numbers, but this really wasn't a complete effect from Christian McCaffrey that resulted, and just in my opinion, that resulted in Debo Samuel gain less than 10 points. I think it may have just been the fact that the 49ers started out really strong and the Chiefs yeah. said, no and then Uh -uh. the Chiefs did a lot and so (laughs) I mean I I think this may be just as you said it may be that the passing game is going to go through more of Ayuk but again we'll 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 just see how next week their next game goes especially with Chris McCaffrey in a full week of the playbook seeing what they're going to do I am oh I'm begging for a wildcat oh please give me a wildcat with them that'd be awesome you have three of them back there just get McCaffrey, Debo, and check back there. Man, oh, what a trio. What a trio to be. Anyways, we are going to jump into Fluker for real. few repeat players we got to talk about. We're going to rapid fire this one, Wes. Fastest Fluker for real you've ever seen in your entire life. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, cool. Gus Edwards, 18.6 fantasy points in his first game back this season off the ACL tear that he suffered last year in the preseason. 16 carries, 66 yards. Two touchdowns. He had a target, didn't catch it. It's all good. 18.6 points. Fluker for real. For real. I love yeah. it. This guy's awesome. I, I have a little more to talk about him because he's Thursday night, but yeah, this is fantastic. I love it. Yeah. I, it's super, super for real. I, I don't know if we've ever given a super for real on this show. It's <laughs> super for real. I don't think Gus Edwards gives J.K. Dobbins his job back when J.K. Dobbins is healthy. Ooh, that's a take. take. Mark my words. 
my words. Oh. J.K. Dobbins does not get the job back. Gus Edwards maintains the starting running back job, even when J.K. Dobbins is healthy. Mark them. Mark those words, baby. Oh, my lordy. I'm marking them right about, now. Do it. Do it. Let's talk about the Carolina Panthers because, man, what a win they had on Sunday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Three points away from a shutout on this offense. Incredible. Crazy. We got DJ Moore here with 19.6 fantasy points. What do we think? Fluke for real? I think this is probably for real. I know that's not a very definitive answer, but I just, I like PJ Walker as yeah. DJ Moore's quarterback. And they, and they worked together last year. And I know Sam Darnold did too, but I, I think we can have a little, we can breathe a little sigh of relief. Like if we need to play DJ Moore, we want to take that shot. I think we're, we have a better, safer floor for uh, going forward with PJ Walker. I agree. You definitely are on the uptick there. If you're a DJ Moore owner, you are in the upward trend category for sure. I definitely think you're in a good spot. Tyler Boyd, we talked about a little bit. 29.5 fantasy points. Fluger for real, Wes. Um, I, I, I like it, but I also know that Tyler Boyd is more of the Gabe Davis type. He is more of kind of like a long shot. Let's get that go. So is T Higgins, but T Higgins, I argue now is a better wide receiver. So I like it. I'm, if I'm going to categorize it, I'm going to say fluke. I don't think this happens again, but you know, I'm happy for Tyler Boyd starters, especially, but owners nice to have that at least. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler Boyd. Uh, I, I think, you know, yeah. Fluky. I think we saw this. I think this is his best fantasy week of the season. Uh, I don't think we get back up to here quite again, but uh, yeah, fluky, but excited for Tyler Boyd. Good for him to see a good game out of him. Aaron Jones talked about him also a little bit. 28.6 fantasy points. Packers offense is confusing, Wes. Fluke or for real? Uh, I hate to say it, but I'm going to say fluke. Yeah. I don't like the fact that you have, I love the 10 targets and nine catches and two receiving touchdowns. I despise eight carries for yeah. 23 yards. That's it. Make no mistake. AJ Dillon didn't rush for 139 yards. This was just nothing in the ground game. And so I just don't. Yeah. I'm frustrated. And I think let's just say it. I think, you know, to, to hammer the point that you said earlier, sell them. Yeah. Sell, sell them now. If somebody's interested, sell high. This Packers offense is not sell them to the Brees Hall owner. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm the Brees Hall owner. This Packers offense isn't figuring Unless it out. you're the Brees Hall owner, then yikes. Then, then <laughs> oh no, yeah, yeah, oh no. Let's talk about a guy in the same game on the other side of the field that I was so happy to see play well. Terry McLaurin, oh, 18.3 yeah. fantasy points. With Taylor Heineke under center. Five catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown on eight targets. Fluker for real, Wes. Let me make a case here. You know what? You said mark my words. I'm going to say mark my words in this <gasps> episode. Mark my words. With ta- with with Heineke under center, Terry McLaurin will be a top 10 wide receiver for, <gasps> for oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to specify it, five more times this season. Wow. Okay. So- with Heineke, easy. Yeah, Easy. we saw it last year. Heineke really likes McLaurin, and so awesome to see. Let me also point out, I was so happy to see this happening. Not because I'm like a big Packers hater or anything, but Terry <laughs> McLaurin, Terry McLaurin got a bag this offseason. He got a lot of money. He was extended. The team loves him. For whatever reason, it just isn't happening with Wentz. 
this dude was cooking Jair Alexander on Sunday. It was ridiculous. He made Jair Alexander look like an undrafted free agent rookie. Jair Alexander looked like a fool on Sunday. Terry McLaurin was absolutely cooking him. It was awesome to see. I, I, I love Terry McLaurin. I'm really happy that he's doing well. I hope Heineke Heineke is fun to watch play football. He sure he's is. just got the grit and the heart and he's just like, yeah, let's play. Like, let's, let, let's go. Let's, let's go win a game and see what happens. You know, um, you, you know, he said did he did it against the bucks last year. You know, I, I don't know if you remember that game, but it was, you know, oh, yeah. Washington and versus Tampa. And he did that last year. It's, man, I, I love it. I'm when happy the bucks to see were good too. Yeah. I, I will say that Heineke took Carson Wentz job. I think so. I think, I think so. Both with, Matt with a win Ryan like that, and Carson so. Wentz are done. <laughs> yeah. With a win like that, I think so. Let's go over a few more here. Guys that we haven't brought up in Flugel for real yet, but uh, Marquise Goodwin, 22.7 fantasy points, had a couple touchdowns, four catches, 67 yards. Fluker for real, Wes? Uh, fluke? Yep. Yeah, pretty much. I will say <laughs> it looks, you know, if DK is to miss time, maybe – Maybe he's worth like an ad, like a speculative ad. Maybe DK is going to miss a couple weeks. And, yeah, you know, ideally with where DK was being is. drafted, you've probably got a better receiver or a better option for like your flex spot or something like that. But maybe if you felt like it, I've talked to a couple of DK owners this week and they, they, you know, they said, you think maybe Goodwin just because we don't know if DK is going to play. Um, but yeah, fluke. Really happy to see Marcus Goodwin do well, though. You have a have a good week for himself. Yeah. Two touchdowns. Been a while. Really happy to see that guy still in the league. Really uh, excited for him. Another guy that we haven't really talked about much here, but Nicole Hardman seemed to be just the Debo Samuel for the Chiefs' offense against the Niners on Sunday. Four targets, four catches, thirty-two yards, and a touchdown. Two rushes, twenty-eight yards, and two rushing touchdowns. He had twenty-eight fantasy points. Fluke or for real, Wes? Uh, fluke. Yeah, I, 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 I think he will still be part of the offense, but as a wide receiver, you rush the ball twice and they're both touchdowns. Yeah. That's some deep numbers. Like, and yeah, that's, that's not sustainable yeah. for, for that in the future. That's not a common thing for Michael Hardman either. I mean, he may get one rush a game, but yeah, not two for two with touchdowns no. and carries. No, not going to happen. Like I said, with Tyler Boyd, excited to see Michael Hardman do well. He's, you know, he's stuck it out there with the chiefs. But I think we just saw his best game of the season. So good for him. But yeah, fluky for real. Juju Smith-Schuster, though, another solid week. Eight targets, mm-hmm. seven catches, 124 yards and a touchdown, 25.4 fantasy points. Fluker for real. He might be proving me wrong. He might I, be for real, man. I, I don't know. He might be for real. <laughs> I'm not sure. We're going to have to wait another week to see, but he looks good, man. It's, they might have found a stride here. I don't know. The 49ers something. defense is no joke. So, like, for him to do that no. on another defense like that, I don't know. He's talked about it. Juju talked about it, saying that they're just having a lot of fun, like, outside of practice. Like, they're playing games together online. They're getting together, having fun, him and Mahomes and Kelsey. And and I think they're just enjoying each other's relationship and chemistry. I think we're just seeing the byproduct in-game. Yeah. Eight targets is, is a legitimate it's a legitimate number. That's not some, you know, we talk about Michael Hartman. He had four targets. Yeah. Juju having eight targets. That's a, that's a real thing. I like yeah. it. hundred percent. hundred percent. I think we're looking in the right direction here with Juju. And I think he is, you know, after two solid weeks, I think I call him a lineup block whenever he's back from the bye week. So Juju Smith-Schuster, Oof. happy like to see it. him doing well. 
Daniel Jones, just a couple more here. Daniel Jones, 28.78 fantasy points. Just 19 for 30 for 202 yards and a touchdown. But is this Daniel Jones or is this Lamar Jackson? <laughs> what are we doing here? 11 rushes for 107 yards and a touchdown? What? These giants, what's going on, Wes? Look for real. I I like I I, I like this for Herbert owners. Patrick Mahomes owners that are on a bye week. If you've got a kind of a dud quarterback right now, I think go get Daniel Jones. I like it. It's for real. I don't think that he's going to be touching the 30 point mark too often, but I think with his rushing stats, you are well over 15 points week to week. Yeah, I think so. I heard somebody talking about it today and they said, um, they went ahead and they said, you know, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have been giving you like, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 points a game. That's what Daniel Jones is doing on like a not boom week, but then he's using his legs on a boom week for 28 points. Like, yeah, it's something to consider. I'm a Brady owner and I'm like, you know what? Maybe who knows? Probably won't because I'm a sucker for Tom Brady. And (laughs) I am afraid and sure that the week I played Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones throws six interceptions and scores two fantasy points and Tom Brady throws for 400 yards and five touchdowns. Who knows though, man, we'll talk about him in a second. Last guy here for Fluker for real on the good side of things is George Pickens. Awesome to see him do well. Six targets, six catches, 61 yards and a touchdown and an acrobatic touchdown. If I've seen one, Oh man, great catch he made there, but Fluker for real Wes. I like this trend. I think this is becoming for real. I think that uh, chase Claypool is starting to get fizzled out and a little bit behind George Pickens. Deontay Johnson is still doing well. He's still a PPR magnet, but I like what's happening with George Pickens. And I think that this could be, it is a little bit early to say, but I think he could be a really sneaky, good draft pick for next season's fantasy. I think George Pickens is starting to come into prominence. This wasn't just a a nice catch in preseason. I think this is something that's happening. I'm going to say for real. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I am a Mike Williams and Cortland Sutton owner in a league, and I have George Pickens on my bench. And I'm not scared to put George Pickens in my lineup going into next yeah, week. Yeah, I wouldn't I, be. I, I feel good about it. I feel good about George Pickens. Real quick, one last yeah. thing. Uh, the Dolphins uh, did not play that great after their incredible first drive on Sunday night, and the Steelers had a lot of missed opportunities on defense. But I think the Steelers are turning the corner. I think the Steelers are looking good. So I think – this isn't just George Pickens and maybe Najee Harris starts to do a little bit better. I don't, you know, think it's going to get into like 25 points, but I, I like what I'm seeing with the Steelers. I think this is, I think Mike Tomlin is changing this, this organization around for this Mike season. Tomlin, yeah. Mike Tomlin's doing Mike Tomlin things and somehow being still one of the best coaches ever. Yeah. And, uh, and doing a lot with what he's got here. So that's it for the good side of things. The bad side of things, as always, we have to be a little let down and, yeah. uh, and just be disappointed here because some guys that just did not do well, a couple of Tampa Bay Buccaneers here, Tom Brady, 11.7 fantasy points, no turnovers, no touchdowns. I will say Mike Evans, man, this could have been a different game. Drops a 60 yard touchdown on the first drive, right in the bread basket. He was wide open. Didn't have anyone within 20 yards of him. That was disappointing because yeah. this could have been different. This could have been different for the Bucks and for Brady, for Brady owners. <sighs> I don't know. Fluker for real, Wes. I'm, I don't know. Tell me. I don't know what to do. For real. 
<laughs> I got more to say for Thursday night, but for real. Oh, yeah. I don't. Like I said, <laughs> like I said, we we're talking about Daniel Jones just now. Tom Brady has me in a chokehold, and I, I think I just I'm gonna keep starting him every week. You're you're in I, you're in a a toxic relationship with I know Tom Brady. I know. You have Joe days. Burrow, and you won't trade him to me, so I don't know what to do. I don't want anyone else to have Tua or Burrow. <laughs> I want them on my team. I don't want to give someone better points. I know. I've got Higgins, and I've got Waddle, so I'm like, either one would give me a stack. Come on. <laughs> I know. Oh, uh, Another one in the backfield, though. Leonard Fournette, 4.6 fantasy points. I I don't know. Fluker for real? Like, I don't know. Like, I think this one's I don't know. In my opinion, this is fluky, Wes. What do you think? I agree. I, just because this is an an unprecedented low amount of carries, eight carries, 19 yards, that is not yeah. Leonard Fournette. And, you know, I, I think this was a bad game for the Bucks. I also think the Bucks yeah. are just not playing well anymore. But I, I, I'm going to say Leonard Fournette owners, I think this one's a little bit fluky too. Yeah, I think so. This is his lowest amount of targets he's gotten in the passing game since week one. And this was a 21-0 game for a long time. So you would like for him to have been a little more involved there in the passing game. For some reason, he wasn't. Todd Bowles was being weirdly cryptic. and was like, maybe some of these younger guys need to get more playing time. I don't know if he's talking about Rashad White, but I don't think Leonard Fournette is benching him as the key to your problems like i don't i don't know i don't no know here. so a little confusing todd bowles is weird and cryptic and i miss bruce arians just letting tom brady walk all over him but you know it is what it is i think this is fluky <laughs> leonard fournette owners don't be too worried i think you keep plugging him in a guy that we do have to talk about though is drake london Drake london yeah london london it's a bad game dude London Bridge is falling over, dude. Oh, what a good one, dude. What a good one. Uh, I agree, though. I think this is for real. I just don't know what's going on here. Hey, hey. Atlanta Falcons. Take a page out of the good old Frank Reich Indianapolis Colts playbook and put in Desmond Ritter because Mark's Mariota isn't very good. Um, Yeah, Drake London, a bummer to see. It's such a great start to the season. And then he's one target in this game. I don't know. I, like it wasn't like. Are are we going to Olamid Zacchaeus or like what are we like what are we doing? Yeah, they were like, down like the whole game too. The like whole the time, big, Joe Burrow had like three hundred fifty yards in the first half. You have to keep up. How do so you it's not very, keep very targeting Drake London? Like I don't know. Like it's just it's just confusing. Good for Tyler Algier or Caleb Huntley or whoever's running the ball there. But gosh, just pass Drake London the ball. He's really good. Good they actually, as a Tyler Algier owner, I was glad he got the touchdown, but they handed the ball off like six times in a row on the goal yeah. line. They got a penalty and it was like, sweet. Glad I got the touchdown for points, but like that said a lot about their offense. Keep going. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Do it disappointing here. Somehow a guy who had less points than Drake London at 1.9 was Jared Goff at 1.5. Hey, now I guess that happens when you have four turnovers by yourself. Yeah. Fluker for real, bummer to say, probably for real in my eyes, Wes. What do you think? I, until further notice, I know that's not a concrete answer, but what a, what a shift yeah. in this line's offense from the best offense in the league to nothing for two straight games. Yikes. Yeah. I'm upset. 
I'm sad. I'm, I don't maybe know it's Andre Swift. Guys. Maybe yeah, they just need Swift back, and then it's all better. Yeah. Maybe he needs to come back. We'll see what happens here. Um, just a couple more guys here. Lamar Jackson, another bummer week. 10.7 points. I'm not sure what to make of this right now. They keep winning, so I'm not sure. Fluker for real, Wes. It's going to be very, very, very hard for me to ever call that for real. Yeah. It's going to be very hard for me to think that Lamar Jackson is just not a good fantasy option. I don't know. They've played some good teams. They've played some good defenses. I, I get it, but it's just God, maybe maybe more Gus Edwards. I mean, that's going to help maybe, you know, Rashad Bateman and Deshaun Jackson and maybe just more. I don't know. It was just kind of a down week for all Ravens outside of Gus Edwards. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't expect that to continue, but I do expect Gus Edwards to continue playing well. Not sure. You're dead of the week, Wes. You were right. Cortland Sutton. Nine targets. Just three catches for 23 yards. I think we can say that Jets secondary might be legit. Yeah. 5.3 fantasy points. Fluker for real for your my guy for the season. I think I think it is trending towards for real. Um, yeah. We'll have to see if a Jerry Judy trade actually transpires. And then, you know, I, I still think That's Corlin Greg Sutton. season after that, baby. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, baby. Baby. I, I think Corlin Sutton is still probably the most reliable Bronco on that offense. And I'm hesitating as I'm saying that because even still, it's like, I don't know. Nine targets is the comfort in that stat line, but that's all I got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's man. It's been disappointing for sure. Let's do it for fluke or for real Wes. I think I need to choose my fighter. Choose your fighter. Hey, so this is the longest episode of Fourth and Troll because we're going to keep going here with uh, <laughs> the, we're going to talk about some running back committees, some fascinating stats here that we want to help you decide on with some of your waiver wire options as well. But maybe you've got some of these players in your lineup as well. We're going to try to vouch for who we think is the better running back. Noah, I'm going to have you choose your fighter, starting now. with the Carolina Panthers. Now, the week seven starter was Chuba Hubbard. He had 15.3 points after the game. He had nine carries, 63 yards, one rushing touchdown. He had three targets, two catches, 10 yards. He saw 46% of snaps. Now, Donta Foreman. Deonta? Deonta or Donta? Deonta? Uh, I think it's Dante Foreman. Donta? Deontay Foreman. Don, you know, that guy. Foreman. Foreman yeah. had 16.5 points, 15 carries, 118 yards, zero rushing touchdowns, two targets, two catches, 27 yards in the air. He saw 54% of snaps. One last thing before you make your before you choose your, your fighter. Interim head coach Steve Wilkes said he'd roll with the hot hand. What say you? Who's your pick? Yeah, I'm going to take Deontay Foreman here. I, I think he's got the better opportunity, especially with Chuba Hubbard getting banged up a little bit. I think he's got the better opportunity here to uh, to really have a good good chance to be maybe a solid fantasy back. I mean, 16.5 fantasy points against what's known as a really good Tampa Buccaneers run defense. I know Hubbard had 15.3, um, you know, but six of those points came from a touchdown that he scored. He was the one who scored the touchdown for that backfield. I like Foreman. I think uh, I, I'd be comfortable rostering Foreman for the rest of the season and uh, using him as a bye week fill-in, maybe a situational flex at times. I agree completely. I, I like the double, almost double the carries from Foreman. 
I also like that he eclipsed 100 yards. He had more of a snap count. And as we said last time, we like Foreman better from what he did when he filled in for Derrick Henry with the Titans. And with the ankle, I think it's a, a good reason. You would upset me, and we'll move on to the commanders next. What upset <laughs> me is how many people I saw drop Foreman. In my Yahoo League, I got a notification because I picked up Foreman because that's what fourth and Charles had to do. And I got a notification saying 32,000 leagues dropped Dante Foreman because they named Chuba Hubbard as the starter. And it was My like, goodness. you don't even know yet. Here we are. Here we yeah. are. All right. So the Washington commanders, Noah, choose your fighter between Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. Here are a few stats here. Brian Robinson was named the starter. He had 10.7 points, 20 carries, 74 yards, zero rushing touchdowns, two targets, two catches, 13 yards, saw a 47% snap count. Antonio Gibson, 16.7 points, 10 carries, 59 yards, no rushing touchdowns. He had four targets, three catches, 18 yards, and a receiving touchdown. He saw the field only 26% of the time. Pick your fighter. Yeah, it's easy for me. It's Brian Robinson. You know, yep. take away Antonio Gibson's touchdown here. Uh, he had the same exact amount of points as Brian Robinson, and Brian Robinson had, you know, 20 or double the amount of carries that Antonio Gibson had. Brian Robinson's the guy. He is far and away running away with the backfield. Gibson, you know, maybe had a little chemistry that he was running with from Heineke in which he saw the end zone. Not worried about it. Brian Robinson's the guy here. I love 20 carries. I like that yeah. math. That yeah. bodes well for Brian Robinson owners. All right. So the dreaded Denver Broncos backfield, we're going to talk about Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray. Now that Mike Boone is placed on IR as if he was much of a factor anyway, Melvin Gordon was still named the week seven starter. He only saw seven points. He had 11 carries, 33 yards, zero rushing touchdowns. He saw four targets, had two catches and 17 yards. 51% snap count, though. Latavius Murray had 10.3 points. He had eight carries, 23 yards, and a rushing touchdown, plus three targets, two catches for negative one yards, and he had a 39% snap count. Noah, choose your fighter. Do I have to? Honestly, really that was my answer. I'm not even kidding. What did you say? That was your Honest, answer? I, that was my answer. I was going to say neither. Yeah, do I have to? I mean, I... I think, I think we I'd can go Latavius Murray because he seems to be getting the, the you know the the red zone carries maybe, but Melvin Gordon's also you know maybe looking to get out of there. I'm not. I don't know, man. This I don't want anyone from this team. I, I agree. In this backfield. So I mean, I, I if I had to pick one, I think I'd say Murray because he's getting the scoring plays. But I don't know. This yeah, a Murray because I have to pick one. If I didn't have to, I'd say I'd say neither. Exactly. I agree 100%. I don't like yeah. either of them. If I'm stuck with one, I can choose Murray, but yikes. Yeah. All right. Two more teams here. The Kansas City Chiefs. Noah, choose your fighter between Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Jarek McKinnon. Now, Isaiah Pacheco was named the Week 7 starter. He saw 4.3 points, 8 carries, 43 yards, 0 targets. Snap count of 30%. Clyde edwards Elaire ended up with 9.2 points last week. Six carries, 32 yards, and a touchdown. Plus, he saw one target, zero catches. He has snap count of 27%. Jarek McKinnon had 6.8 points, two carries, 12 yards. He saw three targets, 
two catches, 36 yards, snap count of 44%. Noah, choose your fighter. I don't want to again. I don't, I really don't <laughs> want to again. Because I have to pick one, I'm gonna go with I'm just gonna go with the guy who's on the field the most amount of time for one of the best offenses in the league, and it's Jarek McKinnon. Like I just wow. I, I I only really saw two carries, but he's seeing the most receiving work. You know, the Chiefs don't really care about running the ball as we've seen. They had 16 combined carries carries with all their running backs. Maybe if you want to count. Michael Hardman's two carries. They had eight, less than 20 <laughs> carries in the whole game in a game that they won in a blowout. Like it's like, and they're not, they're just, they're not running the ball. And so I'm going to go with the guy who's on the field on the best offense the most. And that's Jarek McKinnon. And he's getting the most work in the passing game from one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So Jarek McKinnon, but I, I really don't like any of these guys. I don't feel happy. I don't feel good starting any of them if I have to. I am I am fascinated to see what turns out with Isaiah Pacheco. I don't feel inclined to rush and go grab him. I know I saw some people drop Dante Foreman to go pick up Isaiah Pacheco just because he was that was you. Yeah, I saw I, I saw that. that. Yep. Um I'm a fool. And yeah, probably. I mean, yep. well, we'll see um how Pacheco turns out just because he's incredibly fast. He's he's living up to the number 10 in Kansas City with that speed, but I wouldn't rush to get any of these guys. If you have Clyde Edwards, Alaire, just hold on to him, leave him on your bench. I would say, but yeah, it's a, it's a sticky situation. It's kind of again what Mahomes said with the receivers. Now we kind of guess the running backs too, and they didn't even get ten points. She's rough. All right, last one here. Choose your fighter for the Chicago Bears backfield: David Montgomery or Khalil Herbert. Week seven. David Montgomery was named the starter. Go figure. He saw 12.2 points off of 15 carries, 62 yards, and a rushing touchdown from last night's game. He saw zero targets. However, Khalil Herbert ended up with 15.7 points, 12 carries, 62 yards, two targets, one catch, 25 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Noah, choose your fighter. Uh, I'm going to still go with Montgomery here because I know he's going to get the work in games where they're not like having to just milk the clock and stuff. Like they're just, they're blowing up the Patriots. And so I think a lot of that came from a lot of Herbert's, you know, carries and that sort of thing came from, you know, them just needing to run the ball out, stuff like that. Uh, I'm still going to take Montgomery. Herbert had a great touchdown and screen pass, catch and run 25 yards. On a great throw by Fields, by the way, he had to sidearm that thing, and then he got sandwiched between two defensive ends. Um, it was a great play, you know, fun, exciting, long play, long screen going 25 yards, you know, definitely exciting. But I'm still going to take Montgomery there. I, I, you know, I like Herbert. I think actually Herbert may be a better rusher, but maybe Matt Eberflus doesn't fully see it the same way, and he keeps on giving David Montgomery the starts and the bulk of the carries, and so, or at least the, the majority of the carries. Uh, if you're going percentage wise, but um, yeah, I'm still going to go Montgomery there. I'm a Montgomery owner and I'm not rushing to start him, but I'd still feel better having him on my bench than Cooley Herbert on my bench. I agree. I think that especially after last night's game, I think we can just say that this is actually more of a committee than people realize. So Cleo Herbert may not be an easy drop now from your teams. If you are seeing 15 points when you're not even named the starter, but I think it is clear that David Montgomery is the lead back still, uh, despite 
the fact that he ended up with less points. So that was it. That was fun. I think that will help clear up some of the backfield committees for some of these players. And especially with what the episode title is about too, with uh, Chuba Hubbard and Dante Foreman. I like what I'm seeing there with Carolina. Yeah, definitely. Let's jump over into our waiver wire. Uh, we appreciate you guys sticking with us. We're going to give you some quick and incredible insight on who you should be picking up this week in fantasy football off those waivers. Wes, give me your waiver out of the week. Well, it's uh, it's no surprise that it's Gus Edwards. Yeah. And I know Dante Foreman is available for a lot of people still. Chuba Hubbard is still available for a lot of people. Michael Carter, if you want to go that way. But I like Gus Edwards the most because he has finished with over 700 rushing yards in every single season he's played. And I did not know that Boom. until I looked up his stats and was like, he filled in for uh, J.K. Dobbins and he had a couple of starts the last few years. How did he do? Oh, 700 yards and six touchdowns last season. What else did he do? Oh, that every yeah. season. So he is already a good, reliable running back. He's a little touchdown dependent because he only had, I think, two touchdowns one season. But still, when he's walking out of a game like Sunday with 18.6 points, 16 carries was the ninth most from all of the games in week seven. And that to yeah. me, I like that a lot, especially in a backfield with Lamar Jackson. The pass game is not really stretching the field too much right now in Baltimore. I really like Gus Edwards and he's still only 16% rostered. So go get him because as Noah marked his words, he took JK Dobbins job. So go get him. A I, did. I did. I did say that. And I, and I stand by that still. Um, Here's what I'm going to say is I went ahead and picked up Gus Edwards because I knew he was coming back off of the, off of the torn ACL. I was saying, Hmm, maybe this is worth a little bit of a speculative ad here. I know Kenny Drake had the hot hand. I'm going to go ahead and bank on Gus Edwards still being the favorite here because John Harbaugh loves that guy. The Ravens love him. And so I was banking on that. I went ahead and was able to pick him up before the week had began for Sunday and uh, he's on my bench here. And I feel really good about having Gus Edwards as a depth piece for my fantasy football team. I'm excited about it. I think he's going to be fantastic. I think he could very sneak into your RB two slot, depending on uh, your injuries for running backs, not yeah. you specifically know, but just the, the general plural you, yeah. I think I really like, really, really like his upside. Noah, who's your waiver wire out of the week? Yeah, my waiver wire ad of the week is going to be Wandale Robinson. Who? New York Giants rookie wide receiver, just 13.8% roster. He should be available in most of your leagues. Wandale Robinson was talked about in the preseason as a sneaky kind of gadget type player for the Giants, a little bit Debo Samuel-esque, if you will. Sadly, for the first six weeks, he or for the first five weeks, sorry, he was dealing with a bit of a knee injury. He made his debut two weeks ago in week six. And in week six, first game action, he managed. Uh, he played just 14 snaps for the Giants as they eased him back into things. But on those 14 snaps, he managed three catches for 36 yards and a touchdown on four targets. He ran a route on 10 of those 14 snaps. They had a plan for Wendell Robinson in week six. And he came through for it. Now let's look at week seven. 
Wandell Robinson played 47 snaps for this offense. It was just over 60%. Ran a route on 29 of those 47 snaps. Had six catches for 50 yards on eight targets, 11 fantasy points. We kind of wondered who the Giants wide receiver to roster was, and I think we know who it is now. It's Wandell Robinson. He's being targeted. Uh, um, he's being targeted. Sorry, he's being targeted. I believe for what I read was it was on sixty per or sixty five percent of the routes he's running. He's being targeted. He's taking on the Giants on a on Sunday, and then after that, he's got Houston and then Detroit for the next. Wait, who are you taking on Sunday? The Seahawks. Okay, you said Giants. He said he was taking on the Giants. I just want to oh, gi- sorry about that. Giants take on the Seahawks and then Houston and then Detroit in their next three games. All those teams are fairly exploitable in the passing game, I would say. I think Wanda Robinson's a player who is about to maybe have a bit of a breakout, and I think you should still grab him while he's still fairly low rostered. I think he's a good option for waiver wires this week, especially if you lost Mike Williams. Maybe you're dealing with a bye week from some Chiefs players. Go ahead and grab Wandale. Why not? Take a shot. He's on 13.8% rostered. I doubt your league mates are going to know about him. Go for it. I think he's got a good opportunity to be a solid player for Daniel Jones, a good player for this Giants offense as they're really finding their footing in the 6-1 and one New York Giants. I really hope that turns out. And that pans out the way that you're predicting because that would be fantastic to have a startable New York Giants wide receiver. Wouldn't it? Um, I also like his name. Wandale, Wandale Wan- Robinson. Wandale Robinson. Yeah. I'm excited about Wandale. I think he's a good add this week in waiver wires, and I think he should be added. Make sure you get him locked in there for a waiver claim. Now the moment we've all been waiting for, Wes. Yeah. Thursday night football preview. Boom. Thrilling. Let's do it. Must start, risky starts, don't start. Who's your must start, Wes? Well, I'll just say it. I mean, as it is, just for the Thursday night game, probably the last good one of the season. We got a lot of bad ones coming up. So hopefully it's a good one. Hopefully it's a good one. Lamar Jackson's not been all that great lately, and Bucks kind of suck. But speaking of Bucks, I still think you should start Mike Evans. Yeah. It is so, I don't know. I think people are just worried of that dropped touchdown. They're like, oh man, this guy is terrible. It's all falling apart. Yeah. Well, he still had 15 targets. Yeah. And that to me is the sound of money. Yeah. I love it. Cha-ching. And I, I know that everything else, you look at the Bucks from what they did Sunday, and you might think, gosh, they were all terrible. Mike Evans walked away with 18 points. Yeah. So listen, as bad as it may have been, Mike Evans is still the safest and I think the best option of every single Buccaneers offensive player going forward, especially this week where the Ravens have allowed the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers. I think he should still be a lock. Don't be worried about that drop touchdown. Don't be worried about how the Bucs did. He's still the priority for Brady. Yeah, I like it. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go kind of hand in hand with it here. But yeah, I like Mike Evans as a must start. I think if you've got him in your lineup, if you got him on your team, he's got to be in the lineup. So I think must. I think Mike Evans is a great must start for Thursday night and what should hopefully, hopefully be a good game. Hopefully for the Buccaneers too. Maybe a get right game for them. Better be. Jeez, 
That's the They're hope. hard to watch now, too. Yeah. All right. Who's your must start, Noah? Yeah, my must start is Mike Evans, wide receiver mate. It's Chris Godwin. He's averaging oh. over 10 targets a game since he returned to action in week four. Has double-digit fantasy points in every game since then. He still hasn't found the end zone, though, he's, but he's still getting those double-digit fantasy points. Bucks offense has been really hard to watch and impossible to understand lately, but Godwin has to be started on Thursday just based off volume alone. Baltimore gives up the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers this season, and Godwin, I believe, is a strong start on Thursday night. Yeah, I'm, we're all on the same pace. I looked up seventh most. Did you see fourth most? I may that may have been. I was doing this research Monday afternoon, so that may have been before we completely registered. Uh, okay, this week, but it's fourth most, seventh most, still in the top ten for allowing fantasy don't, points. Yeah, to wide don't want to confuse anyone on the specificity, yeah. but yeah, they they allow a lot of fantasy points. To wide still receivers. a great That's matchup. Yeah, yeah, so great. Matchup I like it. For it could be Bucks receivers for God, for Godwin could also have a a very valuable fantasy uh, output, especially because I know that Brady has talked very highly about Chris Godwin as much as Evans. Yeah, I sure hope. I mean, I, I if I have Godwin, I'm locking him in as well. Yeah, definitely. Let's get Risky West. Who's the risky start for week seven or for week eight Thursday Night Football? I'm going to say it's Gus Edwards. And okay. the only reason I think it's a risk is because the Bucks still do have a good defense, even though... Chuba Hubbard and Dante Foreman just ran over them. And you probably, many of you may not even have heard of him, either of them before uh, Chris McCaffrey was traded. And so it may feel like, oh, the Bucks are falling apart on defense. Maybe not. I, I, it's, it's tough to say. I also think a short turnaround for Gus Edwards may be a little bit of a risk as well. Here's something I want to just kind of give us a little bit of, of hope for Bucks defense fans, at least. Uh, I have a friend of mine, shout out to Dale. I don't even think he listens to this, but anyway, shout out to Dale. Hey Dale. He's a, hey, Dale. So Dale is a longtime Raiders fan. And he told me a story once about uh, this one time the Raiders had a really good defense, but not a good offense whatsoever. And one time these reporters were talking to the uh, a very talented defensive player. I don't remember who it is. I'm not trying to make it vague on purpose. I just forget who he's talking about. But he's, you know, one of these reporters were talking to a defensive player on the Raiders and they said, hey, you guys have one of the top defenses in the NFL, but you're still losing games. Can you explain what the issue is? And basically the, the defender said, we can only defend zero points for so long. Yeah. And I think that is what's happening is that the Bucks defense is still really good, but the Bucks offense is just not that good. And you can only hold a team for so long when you're defending zero points or three points like you were like they were on Sunday. So that's my only reason for a risk is that I think the Bucks defense is still better than than we saw on Sunday against the Panthers. And I think Gus Edwards may have a short turnaround, but I'm still firing him up. I'm still going to fire up. I know it's a little bit of a risk because he just was named the starter, but I think Gus Edwards is a good, a good start, a risky one, but I think it's worth it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Perfect way of saying it. Risky start, but maybe worth it there for you in that Thursday night football matchup. I'm excited to watch Gus Edwards. He probably won't find his way into my starting lineup this week, but I'm excited to see another week of him on primetime, especially just to be able to see what he actually is going to look like for the rest of the year. If he's going to stand up to those mark my words that I made this episode, Wes. I think so. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Let's hear your, your risky start for Thursday night. Yeah, risky start, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Whoa. Jackson. 
It's a risky start this Thursday night. Listen, I know. I know. But Tampa Bay is allowing just 15.1 fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. And Lamar Jackson hasn't gone over 16.1 fantasy points in each of his last four games. It's it's short and sweet and simple, but you know, if you have Lamar, you probably have to start him due to the big playability. You know, we saw him against Miami in week two, 80 yard touchdown run. Boom, right there off the get. That's a 14 point play for fantasy football. Nearly, you know, he doesn't have to throw 50 or more yards to, you know, go over this 15.1 points here. But I'm just going to temper expectations under the lights on primetime. Lamar has a tendency to show out on primetime. He didn't do incredible, but I'm not so sure against his Tampa defense. So just tempering expectations. If you have Lamar, like I said, you probably have to start him, but I'm a little worried and I think it's a little bit risky. I don't know who you would start over him. I don't know if there's anyone on the waiver wire. If you've got a backup to Lamar, if you're like me and you got a star quarterback, you only roster one. So not sure who else you could play. So, like I said, if you if you have him, you probably need to start him. But just gonna just gonna let you know those expectations may not be met this week on Thursday night. That is this. That's crazy. It's crazy because you're not you're not wrong. That's yeah. what's so weird. It's like, yeah, he's been sluggish. He's been in our, he was, he was in our letdown segment a couple of weeks ago. And then he made his way into Fluker for real because it was like, Hey, this keeps happening. What do we do here with Lamar Jackson? And I think, <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, kind of, you know, we're both talking about this. Bucks defense is still good. It's just yeah. Bucks offense sucks. So, yeah. Oh, I can't, I can't that, wait to talk about it on Friday with you. Yeah, that probably Bucks offense sucks. Probably leads into your don't start West. Please disappoint me. Who should I not be starting on Thursday night? This thing on. Hello. It is, yeah, yeah, it's on. Don't don't start Tom Brady. I don't want to have a choice. Hey, hey, hey! Don't start Tom <laughs> Brady. Okay. Okay. It's done. Let it go. He's not. I don't mean I'm not talking directly to you. No, I kind of am. But to everyone else, it's done. This is not his season. He may not have another good season. I don't know. But especially right now, everything is off. Everything is wrong. And and just for clarification, how can Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both be must starts? But Brady is your don't starts. PPR, baby. It's the targets. It's the volume. He's going to go to them. They can get a catch. They can get a touchdown. Brady is throwing off the mark. He's throwing inaccurate passes. This Bucks offensive line is looking rough. They're not rushing the ball as well as they should be, at least the way they started out the first couple of weeks. Everything looks bad. And if you have another quarterback, please start someone else instead of Tom Brady. I know the Ravens defense has a, the, one of the 10th worst defenses, top 10 worst defenses against the receivers and passes, but it's just don't let's let it go. Let's move on. Find someone else. Maybe make a trade. If you've already got a different quarterback, I don't care who it is unless it's Davis Mills, I guess start someone else. Don't start Tom Brady. No, are you okay? Are you there? <laughs> oh, I'm okay. Okay. I'm here. And I'm here to stay. Oh, my 
God. You know why, Wes? <laughs> no, I don't. I'm going to make a little bet. Okay. I'm going to make a little bet. We're going to do a little friendly intro, the, the Friday show bet here. Oh. Tom Brady will have three passing touchdowns on Thursday Night Football. You are off your rocker. <laughs> you lost your marbles. Your dominoes are on the floor. Maybe I have. Take advantage of me. It. Take advantage of me. Maybe I have. That's a, little, <laughs> that's a little Kevin Costner from draft day right there. We will reconvene on Friday. Oh, man. I look, oh, I look forward God, to God, I hope I'm show. right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> anyway, my oh, goodness. man. This is a fun one. Three passing touchdowns for Brady on Thursday night. I'm calling it. Calling my shot. Yikes. All right. Well, I'll close out the show with your don't start. <laughs> yeah, this one feels simple and easy, too. Um, it, it Listen, it's Kenyon Drake. And anyway, we're thinking, what? Gus Edwards took over. Why is anyone thinking of this? People are dumb, okay? People are dumb. Mm. And they might be looking back at, you know, two weeks ago, he shined at Lambeau. He ripped up the field against the Packers. in a great yards per carry average. All this stuff. He was playing awesome. He found the end zone. It was great. Get over it. You don't hold on to it because you spent your fab on or your, your your waiver ad or your you know your budget on acquiring Kenyon Drake. Let it go. Gus Edwards is back. He's taken over. He's going to lead the backfield for the rest of the season. Kenyon Drake has no place in lineups and is droppable. You can drop him. Drop Kenyon Drake. It doesn't matter. He's he's not he's not going to be a factor for you. It's Gus Edwards' season. He's leading that backfield. Done. Dusted. That's all. That's all I got to say. West, you yeah. make a bet against me? Is Kenny Drake going to score three touchdowns? <laughs> <laughs> I would. I don't know what I would do if that happened, though. But I would be totally, utterly confused. But I think it is just nailing the, you know, the final nail in the coffin. Like it's Gus Edwards. We've never been wrong, okay? Yeah. Never but been this wrong, actually maybe. is like this is Gus's backfield. The J.K. Dobbins one is a bit of a take. I agree with it, but like clearly, Kenyon Drake is not worth keeping in anybody's league yeah nope he is droppable and that is for sure that is going to be all the time we have for this episode wherever you're listening we'd appreciate it if you give the episode five stars write something funny in the review and we'll give you a shout out next time we're on social media everywhere at fourth and troll we're on facebook at fourth and troll fantasy look out for our mascot tidy the troll and make him smile by giving us a follow and joining us next time Every Tuesday and Friday, my name is Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And this has been 4th and Troll Fantasy.